This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Go. Final score then at Oakwell. Bit disappointed for City. It was Barnsley two, Bristol City two. Let's go to each of the guys around the uh, table, starting with uh, Dave. Fev. Dave, your thoughts on that uh, ninety minutes action? And let's talk about the penalty as a separate thing for everybody later on in the debate. But to you first, Dave. Yeah. Hi, hi Dave. Um, yeah. Fairly philosophical after that performance. I don't think we played well today. Uh, we came back strongly at the start of the second half and in all intense periods, I thought we'd sort it out. We'd, we'd gained a hard thought, three points. Um, and then obviously, you know, last minute penalty makes it 2-2, but it wasn't our best performance. And I think on based on that performance, I think draw was a fairly fair result. Yeah, OK. Ian, your thoughts uh, on that uh, 90 minutes, just a brief summation of it? Yeah, I thought exactly the same as, as Dave. I thought... Um, if you were marking the players, you'd almost have to do marks for the first half and marks for the second. I mean, in the first half, I'd give Bacon some four. Um, yeah. Overall, I'd give him six because he was a lot better in the second half. But yeah. I'm not picking him. I'm just saying that's an example. But to be honest, I think a, a draw over the 90 minutes was probably a fair result, but we should have won the game. Yeah, no, you're right. It, um, uh, Mark, um, the goal that we, the Blackburn, Blackburn Barnsley scored, first of all, was 1 minute 12. <laughs> the one we conceded, 93 minutes 55 when the uh, kick was awarded, seven minutes after that before it was taken. But uh, a point, a fair result, because we were good to come back from 1-0 uh, down. But your thoughts, uh, brief thoughts on the game uh, in summary. Yeah, I think what will disappoint Dean the most was that where we didn't play well today... We were good enough to we were we were good enough to see the game out, but we were so naive at both at both the, at the beginning and end of the game when we, we that that's we made two awful mistakes. I think apart from the first game, we haven't made mistakes like that in the fo- in the following in the following three matches today. Yeah. We made mistakes and we were punished for it clinically, and that will teach us a lesson. That may not be a bad thing in retrospect because we got thirteen points. We're top of the league. Uh, it's 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 crazy. 
yeah. you know, we got we found Tariq back in some. He didn't have a great game today, but naivety, I think, won, won uh, cost City two points today. Yeah. But I think we'll be better for it because we we're, we're, we're learning. We are we're t- we're work in progress and we're learning and we're top of the league. Can't be bad. Yeah, you can't argue about that. We have taken that uh, as I say five games ago without a doubt. Um, let's talk about the first goal. I come to Dave for that. It came with one minute twelve seconds. Viner had done a great uh, saving tackle, but then uh, just before as he robbed uh, Corley Woodrow but then it was pretty woeful with, when staying with Helic, uh, the goal scorer what was was that how you saw the goal uh, Dave uh, Barnsley opener yeah it was a, a kind of bit of a shame they got the ball kind of in their right wing back position didn't they and the, and the guy guy tried to take a shot and it got caught under kind of Woodrow's feet and Viner defended it really well but the corner and I, those of you who would have seen my my pre-match preview would have, would have seen that that corner to the back post is exactly what they aim for. They get the three big guys running off the back, and, and that's exactly what they did. Max looked a bit leaden-footed, couldn't go backwards, and obviously Viner had lost that half a yard and it was in the back of the net. So not a good one from a set-piece de- defensive point of view, and I should imagine Pat Mountain's not very happy about it dealt with that. Yeah, from that perspective. Um, let's look at the rest of the first half. I mean, I've got 14 minutes. Hunt put in a good cross, just headed wide by uh, Chris Martin. And then a Martin header on 36 minutes. Uh, put Wells through. Uh, and Wells lost really control of the ball before getting his shot away. Ian, uh, Naki Wells, not his greatest game by any stretch. No, I mean, Naki Wells is one of those guys, if he doesn't score, he doesn't do much. I thought his... his, his um... His general game was far better in the second half, but you could have probably said that for virtually every player on the field. Um, but he's he's the type of player that if he's not scoring goals, he's not going to add much. No. Uh, and one of, it was one of those games, particularly in the first half. But what I would say is that the service we give to him, the guy is five foot six. So don't be playing the ball to him in the air, please, up against a six foot three centre half, because that really isn't where he wants it. Get the ball so he can come off the guy and lay it off or get crosses in the box. And you mentioned Jack Hunt. He was my man of the match today. I thought he was absolutely excellent. Yeah, when we come on to the markings, I've given him a star man as well for his overall performance uh, and the goal. Mark, just before uh, half time, it was almost a carbon copy of the first goal. This time it was a free kick uh, on the, the left side of our defence. Their right played in, and it was very close to mirroring the first goal, but uh, Morrison just did enough on that occasion, didn't he? Yeah, and I think that was where our weakness was. Uh, you know, with, with free free kicks, and they'd obviously done their own work. I mean, with the with the with the, the goal that they scored on the replay, you can see Viner's looking at his man uh, as he as he runs from run, runs from the penalty spot, and he knows he's there, but he still doesn't get to him in time. It's it's ranked bad defending, but like I said, I, I just didn't think they 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 really they didn't lay the goal under under siege, but they had enough of the ball to know that it just took one one silly mistake. To, to you know, to give the two points away, and we gave them a lot of the ball at the end of the game. And I just think if we'd have had a Chris Brunt there, a, you know, a proper centre midfield player, we would have seen that game out today. These, yeah. You know, that's that's football at the end of the day. You get injuries, and you've got to deal. You've got to deal with it. But, but whatever, whatever, whatever Dean Holden said, whatever Dean Holden said at half time, it must have had the uh, desired trick because, uh, unfortunately, the otherwise good Robin CV coverage for me and quite a few people went down. Uh, I've seen the goal since on the 
on, on TV. But um, uh, Dave, two goals in the space of uh, the first six minutes of uh, the second half. It did put City in the driving seat. Take us through those goals as you saw them. The first came after a flurry of shots on goal, didn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I, I, I think we all experienced Robin's TV problems today. I, I certainly had to refresh several times through the game. And even in those first couple of minutes, I think I saw the end of that melee as it, as it then went across to Martin to lay it off and Hunt smashed it in. So I missed kind of some of the early part of that, that move as well. Um, and then, funny enough, I had a breakup just before Backinson's goal as well. I caught it just as he was striding onto the ball. So I didn't see a lot of the build-up for that. Um, but it looked like we just came out we played a little bit crisper of our passes. We took a, you know, I keep saying it. When we take care of our passes, then we then we play well. And I thought first half we were at times we were too slow to passing, and at other times we were too rushed. And I thought we kind of got it right at the start of the second half, and uh, you know went two one up. And you thought, oh, here we go, we're going to go on, probably get another at this point, and, and ultimately we didn't. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a note here after uh, 66 minutes. Uh, Taylor Moore, who I thought had a reasonable uh, game, to be honest, but he was well beaten by uh, Woodrow right on the touchline before Hunt booted the ball away. Um, Ian, do you, how do you think the youngsters perform in defence? When you started with Cal, I thought they'd play your best players, or do you think Dean did the right thing sticking with uh, that central uh, central pairing? Well, it's that old old story, Dave, isn't it? If he drops um, Viner or more and brings in Callus and we lose, people will say, well, why did he change the winning team? And uh, the other thing applies as well. So um, I, I think with, the issue with our team is that def- the defensively, the midfield doesn't work because... Uh, Patterson and Vyman aren't what I call natural defenders. I'm not saying they don't try or they don't get, they don't try and get a foot in, but they aren't going to be as effective doing that as probably somebody like Joe Williams. Um, yeah. And yeah. All, it, all it took was Bakinson to have a, um, a an off day, which he did. And Brian Tinia made a really interesting point about him in commentary. And if yours cut out, you may have missed it. And he said, the more touches he has, the worse he is. So if he gets the ball, um, he needs to know who's getting it because if he gets it and he wants to do um, a, a pivot on it or a swirl or a, a, a move, what you'll find is that you'll lose the ball. And it, when you look at him, he moved it much quicker and forward in the second half. So that's when he's at his best. But in a few times in the first half, I thought we overplayed from the back. We were... You know, it was that old thing about if you're not doing five top class passes in the first, you know, within your own penalty area, you're not really playing football. Uh, And I think we overdid that a little bit. Uh, And I'm hoping that um, after a game like that today... What's that noise? I don't know, but carry on, Ian. It's... uh, Um, Keep going. The... um, the the uh, I think the I'm hoping he freshens it up and um, rests some players if you want to call it that on um, on Tuesday night I I'd really like to see De Silva, Callas possibly Joe Williams and even Fam start the game just to give us fresh legs fresh players because we've got um, three home games out of the next four and 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 those four games are in fourteen days. Yeah. So we, you know, we can't do that 
with this, the same eleven blokes. I, I just Ian, don't think that sense. I just don't Ian, think that's sensible. Ian, yeah. just just on on, on those uh, your your comments there, and I, I, I agree with them. I think I think Dean Holden did as well in his post match interview. He talked a lot in the first half about how we tried to play too much and actually the times where they pressed us really intently and the time you, I've actually heard a couple of times on the, on the, on the, um, on the commentary from the, the sidelines of saying hit Martin early, hit Martin early, just bypass the press. And we didn't learn from that in the first half, albeit they must've got them in at, at half time and done that. And I think that might've helped a little bit in terms of getting us back into the game at the start of the second half. So I think it shows you know positives that they, they, they learn from what, what's happened and that they put things right quickly. Yeah. Mark, what did uh, you think of the substitutions? I mean, maybe no surprise, Wells went off and came on, uh, on came uh, Antoine Semenyo. Lovely bit of shithousery from him down by the corner flag uh, deep into uh, injury time. But then Martin for Callas and then Pato off for O'Dowda. Would you have done anything different or didn't you really have that many uh, options on there, Mark? I wonder if he'd he, he put some like Gigi on because of his editing ability and, and maybe, you know, if he'd been on the edge of the area, he would have, he would have cleared that ball when it came in. I just thought they would have gone for us, a, 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 you know, a like for like because they, we weren't under siege. They weren't, they weren't that good. Did it really need uh, 5-4-1 at the end of the game to see it out? Well, I think we were just, I mean, Masengo was never going to get near the pitch. So O'Dowda coming on for Patterson, you couldn't argue with that. He looked good at the other end, but it was just seeing the game out. We didn't really need that many defenders. We needed to defend better in, in front of the penalty area again, like we didn't against Forrest. And I think Forrest caused us more trouble than Barnsley did today. But then we had Dan Bentley. What can you what can you do really? It was just it was just one of those aberrations at the end that, that got Barnsley Barnsley to win. On you know yeah. nine times out of ten, see City see it out. But uh, today we did. I mean, we can, no, we can take that on the next game. Yeah, let's talk about the closing stages uh, of the game. Um, good, uh, well, on the 90th minute, we almost did get that third goal. It was a good bit of build-up play, and uh, Zach Viner uh, put in uh, a stunning shot. Um, then the penalty. I mean, it literally was 93 minutes, 55 seconds. The ball was lofted in. Dave, I'll come to you first. How did you uh, see the penalty? Was it one? Was it reckless by Callum? Your call on this, first of all. Yeah, just just before I talk about that, I just I want to talk about the five four one because I I thought the five four one was fine. I thought when Barnsley pumped it forward or tried to play forward, they might have got it forward and we made them go back and back and back. And I think we broke on them as well. I I, I don't see it as we've just sat people behind the ball. I think people are clouding the penalty decision that happened at the end with, with that system change. And and I think by and large it was absolutely fine. And and therefore, you know, I, I don't think that should be the criticism. I think we just ended up, you know, ultimately a rash decision, a rash challenge, sorry, on the edge of the box. And, and that's what's cost us. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and say as a centre-half, if you're attacking that, you probably attack that ball different to what Callum O'Dowda did. And you probably go in there and you prepare to get yourself hurt like Solbauer, their centre-back, did. And I think that's ultimately the cost them. Callum was a split second too late jumping he's led in with his arm and I don't know if he's caught with his arm or he's caught with his head afterwards but you know for me it was a foul if it was inside the box none of us could really tell that from our camera no. it was a it was a penalty and you know that's 
that's the way it goes, I'm afraid. Yeah, Ian, I mean, you know, we, we don't have all the angles that you do on the uh, the main Sky games, but uh, I said uh, to somebody earlier, yeah, he's got form Callum for this reckless defensive uh, play. And yeah, he was having probably his best game for a while in the 15 minutes prior to that. But I remember last season at Fulham, he tripped one at air bloke. The referee didn't steer when we were 2 and up, 2 and up, weather and storm. But uh, from what you saw, no doubt about it being a penalty and no doubt that it was in the area. Well, I think the way I always look at debatable penalties uh, is if it was uh, if the shoe was on the other foot and uh, they were defending for their lives and somebody clattered into Martin like that on the edge of the uh, penalty area, whatever, would you be shouting for a penalty? And I think, to be honest, we all would. Yeah. But my point would be that we should have had the game I agree with Dave on the tactics because they were getting too many players on the ball and getting too many easy crosses into our box and they were coming from wide areas and the, the substitutions stopped them because we were, we were able to O'Dowd and help Roe out because I thought Roe looked exposed for the entire game. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons I'd, I'd get the silver back and I'd get Callas in. Um, yeah. So I think it, it's... For, for Tuesday night. So, you know, you can argue all day. Unless you're up there and you're in line with the edge of the penalty area, you're not going to be able to see. And this is a, I mean, people complain all the time about VAR and it's this, it's that. But VAR would have cleared that up 100%. In theory, I mean, when you saw the goal that Liverpool had disallowed at lunchtime today, you know, I mean, that was with the VAR of the highest order and uh, that looks a perfectly good goal to me and I don't even support Liverpool. But, uh, but there we go. Right, let's go through the um, markings, yeah, and I'll ask Mark, since we didn't come to you on that sequence of questions, give me your marks uh, very quickly, just run through the team, each player, and then when you give a number, if anybody challenges, speak up. Okay, so Mark, O'Leary, um, how, how many marks out of 10 for O'Leary? Um, O'Leary, uh, six. I'd agree. Any disagreements with that? No? All agreed? Six for Max? I'd give him a, I'd give him a seven. Okay. Yeah, he didn't disgrace himself, did he? He's a capable number two. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Hunt, I've given him, in alluded to this earlier, I've given Hunt 8 out of 10. He got the goal and, um, you know, he put in a couple of uh, probing uh, crosses as well. So, uh, well, sorry, Mark, I'm asking you, what did you give uh, What did you give Hunt? I was, I was giving Hunt an 8. Uh, okay. Yeah, I thought he was, he was, he was his best player. And then across oh, the central back three, Viner, Moore and Mawson. Uh, Mark, how would you... Uh, Mark, um, you Viner, Viner, 5. Mawson uh, six, more, yeah. more five. Okay. Anybody challenge those? I thought they're a little bit harsh. Dave, any thoughts? Do you think that's a bit harsh much by Mark on those? Much of a muchness for, for me. Mm. I don't think I don't think any of them were better than six today, which is not a discussion we've had to yeah. have in previous weeks. You know, whether some of them were a five or not, we we were a bit sloppy. You know, Zach, yeah. Zach had fought for their first goal. Thought he came back strongly after that, but no more than six. Taylor Moore. Yeah. I thought you know if it had been me marking Corley Woodrow, I'd have gone through him today because he got so much ball into. Yeah. Chest and played off of him, and, and, and that's where I think is, Taylor's got to come in, and he's got to just be more physical on that. He's got to be prepared to boot up in the air and take a yellow card at some point. Yeah, no, he's too nice. And uh, Mark uh, Tommy Rowe, uh, left wing back, what's the score there? 
I'd say a six. I think in the first yeah. half he, he was too deep, much better in the second half, offered more an option going forward. What about the central midfielders? Are we going to move on to them? We are. Okay, give me your marks. Vyman, Black, Hinson and Pato. Just three straight numbers in that order. Uh, I'd give uh, uh, Backinson a five. I thought, like Ian said, yeah. it was his worst game. I'd give Feynman a six. Um, offered a lot going going forward again. Patterson never really did he did enough when he was in the final third. I'd give him a five. Okay, what do you think of those marks, uh, Ian? A bit harsh. I mean, Backinson did get a goal, which has got to be worth one mark and a better second half performance. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, both of the goals could arguably be given his own goals. But, I mean, my I'd go through it. Uh, O'Leary, seven, as I said. Hunt, eight. Moore, six. Viner, five. Morton, seven. Rowe, five. Bakinson, six. Uh, Vyman, seven. Pato, six. Martin, six. And Wells, six. And I thought out the subs, Callas, six. Semenyo, six. And a controversial seven for O'Dowda. Um you know, you could say six if you uh, if you took the penalty uh, into account. Uh, yeah, one of those yeah. things. What did you think? What mark? Uh, what mark, uh, Dave? Would you have given Naki Wells? I put him down as a five, and I guess I don't know what uh, uh, Mark thought of that as well. So Naki Wells a five. Anybody mark him higher than that? That's probably probably a six for him. I don't think many players got above a six today. Probably. The only two players that I, in my list, got above a six were Jack Hump of an eight. And I thought Vyman was a seven. I thought Vyman was uh, pretty good. I thought Wells did okay second half in terms of getting us up the pitch and running the channels. But it just wasn't a vintage performance in the City. There were some good bits in there and there were some pretty woeful bits in there. And really, the only two players that stood out for me were Hunt and Vyman. Okay, so next game is Tuesday at uh, Ashton Gate. Middlesbrough, the visitors, Neil Warnock's uh, Middlesbrough. They held Reading to a nil-nil draw uh, today. So Reading, like ourselves, losing their uh, 100% record. It's such a shame that we really could have been two points uh, clear at the top. But uh, Dave, what can you tell us about Middlesbrough at this early stage of the season? How, how do you expect them to play? And then I'll come to Ian about what his lineup will be for us. But any any thoughts on Middlesbrough under Warnock? Which I'm sure you've done your preparation on that, even if you've not published it yet. <laughs> I've done I've done a bit. I've done a lot. Yeah, um, I think it's probably better to talk about Neil Warnock as the manager, really, because I think mm. he, that. From the bits I've, I've done so far, they play pretty much how any Neil Warnock side plays. They'll play a bit direct. Um, they're probably a slightly younger side this year from, than what you'd normally associate with Neil Warnock. But it'll be it'll be long direct balls. It'll be diags from you know the the, the wing backs or the, the centre backs, and and they'll with people like a Somba Longa and Fletcher if he's fit or Tuba Akpom, who's a bit of a bit of a unit up there as well. They'll try and exploit us that way and get runners on from, from there so it, it'd be a typical Neil Warnock Middlesbrough side in my opinion Yeah, Ian how do you think we'll line up just a starting 11 and we know Dean doesn't like to change things that much but what would your starting 11 be on uh, on Tuesday night uh, well it, depending on uh, fitness and availability and going by what Dean Holden said after the game uh, Bentley and Gall uh, the back three Moore Callas and Molson um, the five across the midfield from right to left would be Hunt, Vyman, uh, Joe Williams, Patterson and De Silva. 
and up front, um, Jiju and Semenyo. Okay. Uh, I put the other, uh, you know, the players that are left out of it, Viner, uh, Wells, Martin, if he's fit. Uh, I put those... Um, I, I put those on the bench and have effective subs. That way, I don't think you're changing the shape. You're only changing probably, what, four players. Uh, mm. And I think it gets enough legs and enough experience and toughness um, into the into the team. And then you've got um, another home game against Swansea on the Saturday. So we'll see. Um, and, and, and that way, I think if you rotate those... I don't know what if you've got the match day squad, 18 players. Um, I think you can retake within that. And then when Walsh is fit, he comes, he comes into that lineup as well. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's the big thing, Mark. I mean, in, in days gone by, players used to have two or three reserve games after a lengthy spell off with an injury. Do you think that would be a brave decision playing uh, Williams in, uh, in, in um, the starting lineup Tuesday night, Mark? Yeah, I think I think it would, but that that's the problem that Dean's faced with, isn't he? Because um, in in the COVID world that we're in, um, I don't think they're going to be able to arrange an under twenty three game. I don't know what the don't know what the schedule is. Uh, I could see I could see him resting Chris Martin. The guy's run himself into the ground in the last five games. He's he's been an absolutely tremendous assignment for us. What has he made about six assists now? Yeah, Abs- absolutely. He's been absolutely excellent. But yeah, I could see him being rested for Shizu. I'm not sure if Semenyo would come in. I'm not sure if he dropped Wales, but we do need fresh net up in midfield. We do need specialist midfield players. I don't know if Chris Brent could play a whole game. Um, well, but I would love to see he... Joe Williams. I think we're yeah. all, we all want to see we're Joe all Williams all play. To see him, is, he, is he fit? I don't know. I mean, is the well, guy fit? Tinian said today he's on grass, whatever that means. But uh, let's look at him playing on it. Yeah, I mustn't say things like that on it. I mean, we we saw two departures from Ashton Gate, one forever in uh, Morrell, Casey Palmer on loan to Swansea for the rest of the season. Uh, Morrell got 23 minutes as Luton lost 2 0 home to Stoke, and Casey Palmer made a big impact, not as uh, Swans lost 2 1 at home to Huddersfield. Uh, Dave, those two going, do you think they were the right two to go, bearing in mind that, you know, we have got a surfeit of players in that area? It was a shame O'Dowda didn't, but, yeah, it's never going to happen. But uh, Morel and Palmer, the right decision for both of them and for the club? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm, I'm probably more disappointed about, about Morel. Um, yeah. I think it's just a, you know, that, that's the circumstance of football. We go back to pre-season. When Liam Walsh was kind of announced that he was injured, he thought Morel's going to get his chance at the start of the season. You know, it's up, up to him to take it. He's got called away with Wells. He's come back with an injury. And he's kind of found himself down the pecking order. And, and that's that's the way it goes. And I think his, the guy wants to play football. So there's a club interest in, in Luton, who, you know, bid whatever they have for him. Um, and, you know, he's decided to go. I think good, good luck to him. And, but probably the right decision for all parties. Palmer, it just doesn't look like he's part of Holden's plans in, in, in reality, not at this stage of the season. And therefore, once again, another club interest in taking him. Interesting that we, we also saw today that Gibbs White, the guy they've got on loan from Wolves, who plays in Palmer's position, has broken a foot and will be out for three months. So you think Palmer's going to get a bit more football than perhaps the Swansea fans thought. But again, you know, probably that's more of a financial decision. 
in terms of freeing up, you know, or decreasing the wage bill. So I, I don't have any problems with our recruitment in or out this summer. I think it's been been right. I think let's say you know it's a bit cliche, but it's it's, it's football, isn't it? Things change quickly. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, Ian, uh, Steve's put on here that uh, some of our lads are genuinely nice chaps. Yeah, it's not a criticism, but they just need to develop a pro match day edge sometimes. Do you agree with that view that we're still just a little bit too nice? And I think that's probably directed at uh, Taylor Moore. I mean, you wouldn't direct it at, uh, at Hunt, but um, you know, Taylor Moore just needs to um, yeah, be a bit more gritty. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're playing at the back, um, you haven't got to be afraid to hurt people. Um, and all, all the top centre-halves and players are, you know, if you want to put it in those terms, a, a hard man. Um, looking at the ones that have, uh, have moved out, I mean, I, I looked the other day and we've still got 11 players who either do or can play in centre midfield. I mean, yeah. 11. Now, Dave said you wouldn't criticise the recruitment this season, and I, I wouldn't. Um, but what I would do is criticise the recruitment policy for the last three years um, under Lee Johnson because we've just seemed to amassed players and there seems yeah. to be no yeah. plan of no. what we're going to do with them. So you end up collecting players and then unusually... Um, you play Patterson, who, who to most people would be a 10 or an 11, and Bonner would be a second striker, and you finish up playing those two in centre midfield. So then you've got a whole raft of players who may not get a game um, or won't play that often. I mean, if you look at the centre midfielder players who can play there, you've yeah. got Williams, Naj, Walsh, Masengo, Backinson, Brunt, Tommy Rowe, Zach Viner, Callum O'Dowder, Patterson, and Vyman. Yeah. That's a lot of people that can play there. And that, to me, is recruiting on the basis of, well, he's a good player, we'll sign him. Well, and, and then on top of that, if you look at the players that have left, Morell's gone, so that's 12, Palmer, 13, and Samuel Bobbix, which is yeah. 14. So at the start of this season, we finish, and if you're going to throw the white players in there as well, where you've got Adelakon, you have 15 players to yeah. play four positions or three positions in midfield. Yeah, talking about Adelakon, I think he, uh, he he didn't he was on the bench for uh, Hull today, even though they won, uh, even though they won away. Um, okay, so we've got um, somebody's. I think it's Steve's were here about uh, Lee assembled a side that had uh, is like is always talking about clubs in the bag. And he had five putters, eleven drivers, and twenty-three irons. I think that's a very good, uh, um, yeah, good point to make there from uh, from that point of view. Okay, guys, I come to Mark first on this final question. And apologies to anybody who's listening for some sort of twitter that's going on in the background. I can't, don't know what that is. Don't think it's me, but I don't know who it is. Yeah, but uh, Mark, uh, two home games coming up. One the uh, a week on Saturday or next Saturday, but Middlesbrough before that. Points tally from those two games. What are you saying? Um, four. Four. Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Snap. Snap. Dave. 
Yeah, I'd like like four points from that minimum, but um, I'd, I'd, I think I'd, I'd also I'd also like us if we could stay unbeaten. I think that will that will be good. I think we've two really tough games. Yeah, I mean I think yeah, and then it's Norwich away after that, so we really do need uh, we do need those four points. I mean I I'd agree with uh, all three of you on that, and that would give us after uh, where are we now? Seven games, yeah, so five now plus two. That would give us a start five to naught, seventeen points and seven. That's not bad, really, is it? I mean, it's better than not bad. It's pretty damn good, I have to say. Do you all agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, sticking with, um, I'm sticking with 18 points after um, after 10 games. I haven't had a look at it, Dave. That's a bit pessimistic. You, you, said, 20, you said 24 last week. <laughs> I've got it on a bit of paper, guys. Nobody's getting on Initially, when you said we're all doing the despondency, I said 18 points, but... By the, by the 14th of um, the 28th of November, we'll have played 14, 14 games. And at that point, I think that'll give a really good indication of where we're going to finish yeah. because the teams we've got to play, that most of them are teams that you'd, you'd put a tenner on finishing the top six. Yeah, well, then, I mean, if you look three out of the you until Borough Tuesday, yeah, but then it's uh, the Swans at home, Bournemouth away, Norwich home. That's the order that it is before Huddersfield, and then the next international break. I've got it here. I said twenty-one points. Mark said twenty. Dave said nineteen. Ian, you said twenty-four. So uh, you, uh, you know, you're 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 looking a bit of risk at the moment. Um, got sad fake news, is it? <laughs> That's after like, 10 games, is it? That would be after 10. That would be after yeah, 10. 10. 10 games, that's easy. Yeah, we might get there. We might get there. I'll, t- I'll, yeah. take, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take 24 points any day. Yeah. Well, I said it was a short one tonight. I'm going to have a bit of uh, a chinwag tonight. 15. I'm going to have a bit of a chinwag tonight with the Reading support to find out what it is about their season that they're doing uh, so well, at least uh, when we're having a pizza in, a, in, a, in our bubble. Um, we will um, not uh, be talking too much about uh, the fact that Chris Hewton snatched a sneaky win. And what, what, just a quick one. What, what is everybody thinking of uh, Chris Hewton? going to Nottingham Forest, a decision that was taken within a matter of days. I mean, was that, do you expect Forest to do anything with him at the helm, Dave, or do you think it's, you know, it, it, that's too much to expect? I mean, I'd put five on at 50 to one to win the bloody league, but there you go. What do you think, Dave? I, I think they've got a lot of good players and they've signed even more this week as well. Who they signed? Was it Grzycki and another winger as well? I think you know, they've, they've got more wingers than Lee Johnson, I think, in, in fairness. Not, uh, <laughs> An- An- Anthony Knockhart. Yeah, 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 there you go. So, you know. Do they, they sign Knockhart, did they? That's the yeah. interesting. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I think they've got a lot of good players. If they click, they'll be a good side. You know, I don't think they were. Well, I did put I put that five quid on to win the league at fifty to one. I got fourteen to one on to get promoted via the playoffs, yeah, or second, and then five to one on finishing in the top six. So that's a good scenario. That's quite, quite sensible bet for a, you know, I think you're taking advantage of good good bookie odds there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ian, do you think you know Hewton, if um, you know things start going a bit uh, awry, will we all be saying we should have had him, or do you think you know we're we're happy with our with our choice? We must be, really, mustn't we? Yeah. 
I think, well, uh, like I said, it, it, you've really got to start looking at look at it at 10 games. Then then we'll do that one where we look at it 28th of November. And Hewton, I think, is a very good manager and would have done a really good job for us. Um, yeah. And you, you can't tell it, it. You know, if you get towards, I mean, he, he's coming, let's be honest. He's coming, and that's the first points they've picked up today. If if you yeah. want action, if you want to have a laugh, if you go on to um, the official Bristol City site, look at the fixture list. Uh, there's a table on there that shows us uh, top of the table played five one five fifteen points. So um, I think so, some somebody, somebody was a bit presumptive there. Somebody was a bit presumptive there, weren't we? And I think we've all got to say actually Roma early. I think we've all got to say, well done, Bristol Bears, Steve Lansdowne, investment in them. He's put Bristol back on the rugby map. But uh, great performance for them last night. They scored a try as quick as Pato scored uh, his opening goal at the start of the season. But uh, guys, I think we'll probably do a game next Saturday rather than the midweek because people don't want to hear too much of us. And we'll try and sort out some of these sound problems for uh, those that have been listening. We've got about 18 people in the studio today, so thanks for that. We get around 300, regularly 300 to 350 downloads through the week. So uh, I don't know how that stacks up against uh, some of the others. But guys, thanks for your uh, contribution uh, this evening. Yeah, And uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Okay? All the best. And we're still top of the league, Dave. Top of the league. (laughs) Cheers, guys. Top of the league. Bye. Thank you. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.